Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. Welcome to today's episode where we are talking about Toy Story 4 takeaways, but don't worry, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. I'm just talking about the lessons. Hey, Kristen, I'm just talking about the lessons that I picked up from watching the movie. I wasn't even going to see it because I honestly, guys, I don't even remember the other three, but a lot of you guys were posting in here about it. I've seen so many friends not in this group posting about it and saying things like, oh my gosh, I can never get rid of my toys now. It was the best. I can't let them go. We're going to keep the toys forever. And then there were even some people here instead of the group um, who were afraid to take their kids to watch it because they were afraid it was going to make them want to keep all of their toys even more. And so I just kind of want to start with that. Okay. The movie is called Toy story. Okay. Story. A good story makes you feel something. A good story will invoke a lot of emotion, but it's just that a story and toy story is just a movie. Don't give it more power than it deserves. Don't let it be another excuse or reason to, as to why you can't declutter, why you can't downsize the toys or why you are continuing to live with excess. Okay. It's just a movie. It's just a movie but you can take a lot of positive lessons from it as well. Okay. But don't be afraid to let your kids watch it. Don't be like, Oh my God, I watched this movie and now I can't declutter because of the movie. That's crazy talk. Okay. It's a movie. Okay. So as I was watching the movie, I was taking notes literally for you guys, which was super fun for me. I was kind of like, wow, I have the best job ever. First of all, best job ever where I get to go watch toy story and take notes on it. And that's my job. But Um, I'm excited to share these lessons with you. So I know a lot of you guys watched it and you were like, oh my God, I can't let the toys go. But I actually got the exact opposite messages throughout the story about why you should actually let your toys go. So one of the things that the toys says in the movie, he's like at the bottom of a closet. Okay. So maybe this is a spoiler, but it's not like telling you the story. Okay. Um, Emily, I'm going to talk about that too. Cause so Emily says here, because I have a slightly OCD toddler who wants all the characters to hang with him while he watches particular movies. I have a baby who's the same age as Emily's. And I'm going to talk to you guys about that. The favorite toys. Cause she has an entourage. Kaylee has an entourage of animals and (laughs) whatever, but we'll talk about that. So in the opening scene, there's some toys buried at the back of the closet and Woody gets thrown back there. And the toys say this, expect to be, we expect to be put and stuck in the closet when mom cleans. Okay. So he's like, how long have you guys been back here? And that's what they say. When mom cleans, we expect to just get thrown back here and forgotten. How many of you is that true for, right? When you clean up the toys, you just shove it in the bottom of a bucket. You just shove it in a toy bin in the back, up at the top, somewhere out of the way. So it's not a mess anymore. Like That's not what toys are meant to be, right? Toys are not meant to be shoved in the back of a closet. And I do remember from like all of the other movies, 
that was a pretty common occurrence too, whether it was like under the bed or forgotten, you know, like behind the couch or whatever. Like that's not what toys are meant for. But that's what the toys literally said, okay? We expect to be put and stuck back here when mom cleans. Which I think is a really powerful reason to declutter because like our family, that, that used to be our norm. It used to be like shove everything into the closet, shove it into a bin, shove it into a, uh, the storage cube. I, we used to have two nine cube storage cubes of bins and toys. So that's 18 bins of toys. And you know, if, if I hadn't learned about decluttering and somebody told me like, maybe you could get rid of some of that stuff, I'd be like, oh no, they play with it all. That's a lie. No freaking way did my kids ever play with 18 bins of toys. The majority of them, like 90% of them were shoved into something somewhere, hidden away to die. I feel better about my six. Yeah, Emily. And don't get caught up on the number guys, but I, I can look back and be like, okay, yeah, like that was excessive. <laughs> that was excessive. Not necessary. No wonder my life was chaotic and a mess and it sucked and I was miserable and drowning. But um, that's not, do you want your, is that how you want your toys treated? Being like, oh my God, I just got kicked under the bed and nobody remembers me anymore. I don't think so. Okay, so another thing that they frequently talk about in in actually all of the series, because now that I'm talking about it, I can kind of remember. I remember the third one, like they move on to daycare, I think, to go play with daycare kids. Um, I know like Jesse moves on to another family. But the second lesson that I got from it is that your toys want to move on to the next family. And the reason that they want to move on to the next family is so that they can get played with. Okay, and that's something that we got caught up in. I think especially as moms, as we're like, oh my gosh, like the, they, they had these toys, they used to play with them, they have these toys, they've never played with them, like what if, just in case, they're used to having it around. But the, the point is, the reality is, they're not getting played with. And the toys in the movie, the characters that they play in the movie, they want to move on to the next family. They want to go be able to fulfill their purpose and do their job, right? They want to have a family. They want to be played with. But when they get outgrown or if they were never a favorite or if they've just been living in the back of a closet, totally forgotten. Oh no, your speaker isn't working. I'm sorry, Sarah. We'll miss you. Um, then they want to move on to the next family, which means that as the owners of those toys, we have a responsibility to let them go to somebody else, somewhere else where they can be used adequately. Okay. Okay. So another common theme that comes up a lot in Toy Story 4 and all of the other, other Toy Stories are that there are like a core group of favorites, right? There's a core group of like favorite toys that get played with all the time um, on repeat. And April says they pick them up and drop them, but never played in a deep way, right? That is exactly right. Maybe they have a lot of toys and they're around them and they move them around and they throw them all over the place, but they're not actually playing with them and they're not actually a favorite toy. They're just in their space, okay? And if you watch your kids, if you know them, you likely know that they have some favorite toys. They likely have a Woody in the gang, you know, their version of Woody in the gang 
or Buzz Lightyear or whoever it is for them that they play with on repeat. For my kids, it's the basket of stuffed animals and beanie babies that if Angela Burley watches the replay, we actually got from her when we moved to Florida. Um, and they play with those pretty much every single day. All the other toys are pretty irrelevant, honestly. Like they have Legos, they have other toys. I'm not gonna say that they're completely irrelevant, but they have their core group of favorites and nothing else really matters, honestly. If I gave them a choice of what to keep, they could keep one set of toys, it would be those stuffed animals. Um, and it's been pretty consistent throughout their entire childhood from the time they were two and four, they're eight and 10 now, and they still play with those, right? They still want to play with those the most, the most often with the most depth. Those are the favorite. Everything else is irrelevant, which is why when we move, we get rid of the other stuff, move it on to the next family because it's irrelevant. Um, so just as you are decluttering, as you are sifting and sorting through your toy situation, ask yourself like, which of the toys in our house are actually the favorites? Which are the ones that are actually irrelevant and could be moved on to somebody else? Okay. Because toys, they want to be played with. They want to be played with in depth. Now, you don't have to have fancy toys. This was a, a big, big lesson. Our, you know, message that was sent in the Toy Story 4 movie is that you don't have to have these fancy toys. Hey, Lindsay, you don't have to have these fancy toys in order for them to be the favorite or the most significant, okay? I call them trash formations <laughs> because my daughter, my 10-year-old, is queen of trash formations, okay? She will, my, my parents were here for a week. Whenever my parents come, I can expect that every single cardboard box in the house is going to be saved and repurposed into something and they're gonna make something out of it. And they're always my daughter's favorite toys. She's made dollhouses um last time they made like a camp uh like a camping scene or something with my her grandma i think that's her right there she was just walking up the stairs this time they made um a milk truck um a house with like a water park inside of it um a school like a store out of all the cardboard and that's her favorite toy right now she can put all of her stuffed animals in it. She made it and it's really freaking special to her. So the toys that you keep in your house might not necessarily be the most popular or the ones that you're seeing on commercials or the ones that are the most expensive or do the most or have the most bells and whistles, but they're going to be really special to your kids. So keep them. Like there's, I've, I've, I struggle with this sometimes in the group because when people are like, what kind of toys should I have? People fall into the, into the like toy category of only natural wooden type things and, or only things that don't do this or only whatever kinds of toys. And that makes it really hard because then all of a sudden we're like, well, my kids don't like that. Or we can't afford those really expensive type things or we have those and nobody plays with them. Like it doesn't matter what kind of toys they are. What matters are, is that your kids are bringing them to life. Okay. I like to give the Hatchmole example because my kids just had to have a Hatchmole. They had to have it 
It was like the most important thing in the world to them. They were obsessed with it. They were like, please, 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 can we have it? And finally, my husband gave in and got them a Hatchimal and they loved it. They did the Hatchy birthday thing. He did like a little sing and dance. He was super annoying. Getting close because my kids can hear me. They're super annoying, but <laughs> they, they still play with the Hatchimal. But the kicker is they play with it like a regular stuffed animal. There's no batteries in it. It doesn't work. Hasn't worked for a couple of years now, but it's a part of the stuffed animal crew. And I'm like, seriously, I could have bought this for $6 instead of 60, but you know, it has all the bells and whistles. So it's $60. Woohoo. And yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll probably forever be bitter about the Hatchimal situation here, but they love to play with it now that it doesn't sing Hatchy birthday and whatever. Um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, Emily, your kids bring the toys to life and it doesn't have to be like, what's up? Here's Percy. I was telling them about the, like the milk truck and everything. What else did you make? You mean the house, the hot tub? She made, yeah, I had a hot, I can't remember everything in it. I had a hot tub. She had a, it's a milk truck that looks like a cow. Um, what else? You have a little automobile with different bodies. Automobiles. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. Yes. The car. Yes. So anyway, that's like her favorite thing. And she can put her animals in it. We made some little animals, um, like an owl and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, there's Brie. <laughs> um, telling you guys about her trash formations and they're her favorite toys ever. So your kids bring it to life. And guess what? It To me, it's, um, you know, it's kind of frustrating because it looks it looks like trash. <laughs> it looks like a big pile of cardboard sitting on my table. I'm, I think she's gone now. But it's really special to her. So I'm not going to be like, you have to get rid of this because it's an eyesore for the house. No, no, I would never say that. That's horrible. I let it live its life, run its course, and then we're done. Yes, bring it. She's just like the owl and stuff. Okay, she's going to bring it up, the stuff that she made and show you. Um, <laughs> um, so lesson in Toy Story 4, trash formations are real and meaningful to your kids. I do, however, put limits on it. Okay, whatever fits in their room, on their desks, in their space can stay. Once it starts creeping out and get, getting unmanageable, then I'm like, okay, we need to go through this. It's a little bit too much. It's getting too much to handle for everybody. So let's go through this. But until it gets to that point, I don't care. I just don't care. I don't want to be like a, a Nazi mom being like, you can't have trash, <laughs> right? Because that defeats the whole point. Now let's talk about generational toys. Um, I'm going to come back to the comments in just a second after generational toys. So if you watch the Toy Story series, you know, I don't know exactly like what the family history of it is, but the Woody and gang, um, okay, hold on. Let me see. You can bring it over here and then I'll show in just a second. Um, the Woody and gang toy set are generational, meaning that decades and decades and decades of kids have played with them over and over. The kids take care of them. Yeah. They break down a little bit. They get worn their, their little strings stop working and whatever they fix them. But those are the types of toys that I really try to keep in my house. 
And honestly, when I think of toys, when it comes to like when we're moving across the country or when it comes time to make decisions on what we should keep and what we should not keep, I ask myself, is this something that my grandkids in the future are going to be interested in, right? Are they going to want this? Are they going to want a thousand McDonald's toys? No, (laughs) but are they going to be really interested in these stuffed animals that my kids literally put thousands of hours of play into? Yes. And the little action figures, because April's talking about the little Hatchimals and Shopkins that my kids have invested thousands of hours playing with. Yes, they're going to like that. The little people houses that are generational. Yes, they're going to want, you know, they're going to be interested in that. And that's a really common theme throughout the Toy Story series as well. Um, It's kind of these timeless toys and they're never, if you watch them, they're not the Furbies. They're not, they're not the Furbies. They're not the, um, I'll be totally honest guys and let you know, like, I don't even know what the popular toys are. They're not fingerlings. What else is a popular toy? (laughs) I'm asking Brie. I don't know if she knows either, but you know, you know how it is. There's like commercials, especially around like holidays and stuff like get this toy. Like that's not the stuff that's timeless and classic. That's a moneymaker. That's a business. Fuzzy wobbles. wobbles. I don't know what those are. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yes. It's crazy. So (laughs) be mindful of like, what's a gimmick, what is a business and what's a really, truly like generational toy that's good for kids across all, all decades, right? There's a reason that there's the dolls hundred years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, and still dolls now. Right. Okay. Bray's going to come and step in and show you her toys real quick. Oh, she doesn't want to. Okay. Hang on. Like that's, that's what she made. They made those animals and then they were like, let's build it a house out of the cardboard. So they did, they built the house, they built the structure, they decorated it. They glued all the things on it. They made like sliding doors and trap doors and a hot tub and a, you know, slide and all these things. So, um, anyway, super cute, right? Like that to me is a good toy, not a freaking Hatchimal. (laughs) um (laughs) so let's go back to what um before we move on um I wanted to talk about what April said so my kids like the little Hatchimals and Shopkins that have the little houses my daughter has a big Hatchimal that she plays with sometimes but definitely the little ones are a favorite so yeah and I remember even being as as a kid like Polly Pockets were like the thing. They were so cute. They're so tiny. They're basically like the new Shopkins, but, um, Shopkins are a big hit here too. And I know they drive a lot of people crazy, but this is why I think they drive a lot of people crazy. It's because you're drowning in so many other toys that are irrelevant. Okay. Kind of going back to the thing where your kids have their favorites, they have their favorites and the rest of the irrelevant stuff makes the favorites overwhelming. Like the kinds of toys that we have are the kinds that people are most often annoyed by. Our favorites are, we have two laundry baskets full of stuffed animals. Okay. One is of smaller type beanie baby ones that are my kids' absolute favorites. The other bigger ones are like for Kaylee. Those are my kids' favorites. And those are the ones that drive people crazy, but it's not really the stuffed animals that are the problem, it's the excess amount of toys. It's those 11 bins of toys that you have on the cube shelf that are the problem. 
cluttering up your ability to focus on the favorites. Same thing with the Shopkins. I know tons of people get like fed up with Shopkins, but we have, we have a normal size box. It's like a shoebox size full of Shopkins and Mixi Qs and accessories and little doll houses for them. But it's not overwhelming to me because the, the annoying frustration type toys are gone. Like we don't have that. So we can have those kinds of favorites because Kaylee, even I know I have kind of a unicorn toddler. She won't try and eat the Shopkins. Shopkins are Kaylee's favorite thing to play with right now. Um, I don't give her the Mixie cues because my big kids get annoyed. Like if she loses like the shirt or the hat or whatever, but the Shopkins don't have all those little pieces. So Kaylee will wake up in the morning, ask to play with Shopkins and that's what she'll do all morning. Like she'll carry them around with her. She'll follow me around the house. She will take them outside. She'll take them to the store with her. Like that's her go-to thing. And like when I can tell, like when she's getting bored, um, I'm like, let's go play with Shopkins. Cause that's what she's really into right now. Um, okay. So we talked about trash formations, generational toys, stuffed animals, like getting rid of, make room for the favorites guys so that you're not annoyed by the favorites. Um, now another theme, we have like one, two, three. We have three more, three more to go. Another thing that Toy Story 4, they're not, they're not. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any bad kids. Um, just environments that trigger them and make, <laughs> make them crazy and make them chaotic. Kind of like if you're in a work environment that sucks and you hate, how's your mood? You don't, you're not happy. You're picking fights with people. You're pushing back. You're throwing fits. You're not wanting to help out, right? It's the same thing for your kids. Um, so I hope this is helpful for you guys. Um, the last thing that I want to leave you with is that your chaos is going to be their chaos, but your calm can also be their calm. And when um, <laughs> Jessica says they're so much alike that they clash, that's another thing is that they can be so much alike that they are clashing, um, <laughs> which is my two sons. But anyway, if you are stressed out, overwhelmed, burdened, overstimulated, stretched too thin by your cluttered home or classroom, because I'm making this for teachers too. I wanted, I have a friend, um, actually the mom that I told you about, <laughs> I wanted to have an episode that could easily apply to teachers. Um, but if that's how your environment is making you feel, your chaos is going to become your kid's chaos. Okay. Now that sounds intimidating, right? But the good news is that the opposite is true as well. They will feed off of your chaos. They will feed off of your overwhelm, your overstimulation, your negative feelings. But if you can switch your environment to one that makes you feel better, to one that makes you feel calm and in control and observant and present, then all of that is what your kids are going to pick up on and feed off of too. So you get to choose. Do you want your chaos to be their chaos or do you want your calm to be their calm? Um, and like I said, the easiest, most basic, simplest, fastest, effective way to start is with your physical environment um, because it is that impactful. We, it's just is what it is. We are, we are physical people interpreting everything through our senses. Most, uh, 
most, what do you want, first and pressing is our vision and the things that we're actually surrounded by. So pay attention to that, make it work for you, set yourself up for success and declutter your house so that it can be a peaceful place, not a chaotic space and a place where your kids can learn these skills that they need to learn. And if you need help doing this, get into the Purgeathon. It's the free three-day decluttering challenge that we are doing live here inside of the Motherhood Simplified group starting on August 8th. Um, it's every day I give you three projects to choose from that you can realistically do as a mom that will have an impact in your home. You can do one of them, two of them, all three of them, whatever you're feeling like, whatever you have time for. We do it together as a group. The Purgeathon is probably the most popular challenge that I run in here um, because it's so simple and it's so effective. So get into that. It's bit.ly forward slash purgeathon. It will be in the description of the, the video or in the comments or in the written word of this episode. You'll be able to click on it, sign up for it, tell your friends because I'm sure that you have several friends who are dealing with the same thing. And if you want to get into seven days to an uncluttered home, which is the mini course that walks you through decluttering the most commonly overwhelming areas of your home, laundry, dishes, toys, bathrooms, car, and your surfaces, get into that. Um, it is like the simplest and best course that I've created because it's so, it's so just to the point. You don't have to get it done in seven days. It's called seven days to an uncluttered home because it's seven, you can do it in seven days, but you don't have to, you get access to it for life. The people who are in it usually do it once through and then do it like two or three or four times because it's so effective and so helpful. So get into either one or both of those. They're super effective in helping you get started decluttering and really taking this seriously and tell your friends about it because we live in a time where moms are just overloaded with stuff. And when we're raising kids, trying to figure out their behaviors, trying to make them love each other and not kill each other during the day, like we need to simplify it as much as we possibly can. So that's it. I will see you guys tomorrow and I hope this is helpful for you. Bye. Hey friend, did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other and who, when they find something that helps them, they share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it <laughs> because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. 
I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the Motherhood Simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.